0: I thought I had to poop, but it went back in my stomach. Welcome, everybody, to Level 40 of the Sandbox Gamers After Dark Podcast, a podcast where three vidgets meet weekly to talk about life, love, and the pursuit of vidya. Thanks so much for joining us. I am your co-host with the most wonder, Rob, coming at you live. Well, semi-live, that is, from Southern California. And on the line with me are two of my best friends, Arizona friends, in the metaverse. The Jake Sully of our podcast, Vactor. I see you, Jeff. I see you. And the white kid with dreadlocks, <laughs> Jeffrey W the <laughs> second. The
1: always angry Jeffrey W the second. Oh man. What's his catchphrase? He he writes these because he gives himself the main character every time. So I know Vactor <laughs> writes these. And I'm Jermaine.
0: Jermaine is an avatar too, everybody. Uh, J- Jermaine Clement, that is, uh, from Flight of the Concords. Let's just make that clear. Spoiler alert. Uh, I guess <laughs> I just see that it says spoilers in the show notes. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but thanks for joining us. It's another five star episode of the Sandbox Gamers After Dark podcast. And uh, since it's another five star episode of the Sandbox Gamers After Dark podcast, why don't you go to Your Spotify or your Apple Podcasts and find the Sandbox Gamers After Dark podcast page and give us the old five star rating. I would assume that at least 50% of our 10 listeners are already listening to us on Apple Podcasts or the Spotify. So just go into the app that's already open and give us five stars. What could it hurt? Nothing. Literally nothing. Unless you don't like being a good person, then I get it i respect that actually so thank (laughs) you thank you if you're looking to find us on social media check the show notes you can find our link link tree but i'll go over that all at the very end of the show this week you guys we played high on life the new game from justin roiland and as you can see in the title of the episode and the episode art we and by we i mean two-thirds of us saw avatar the way of Water. We've got a lot to say about that since it's a slow week on gaming news. We're more Sandbox Gamers After Dark this week than we are Sandbox Gamers Classic or Sandbox Gamers Original. But if there's one thing that you can always count on, regardless of how much Sandbox Gamers After Dark content we have or Sandbox Gamers Classic slash original content we have, you can count on this. You can take this to bed. You can take this to the bank. Jeff W. is always DTF down to talk fun. That's right. So for our strategy guide section this week, we're going to talk Avatar The Way of Water. Heads up, we're going to be spoiling it. So mm, just take that information. I I mean, I guess I already spoiled it technically, according to the show notes. But we're (laughs) going to be spoiling this movie. So just be, be mindful of that. Uh, here's what we're going to do when it comes to movies. I haven't seen. We like to handle it as a debate. We are master debaters after all. Ooh, Jeff is going to be debating why I should not be seeing this movie. Why I should not waste my precious time on this movie. And Vactor is going to be taking the opposite side. He's going to be debating why I should waste my precious time on this movie. Little history, I did see Avatar, the first one, 10, 12 years ago, whenever it came out, with Bacter at the IMAX Theater at the Arizona Mills Mall in Tempe, Arizona. That was the one and only time I saw this movie. I don't remember much other than they have sex with their braids.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, That's all I really remember. <laughs> and if I recall, the cliffhanger or the ending of the first movie was... Uh, Jake Sully become being permanently stuck in an avatar. Although I might be mm-hmm. misremembering that, it's been 10 that is years. correct. All right, hey, <laughs> good for me for remembering that can you tiny re- flat detail.
1: Can you remember anything else about the um, first one? Right all right, now? let me rack you remember what happens at the end. Like there's uh, like the f- yeah, aside from what I just villain? said. Okay. Yeah. Um. The guy who
0: everybody thought was going to be Cable in Deadpool okay. two uh, mm-hmm. dies. Okay. Supposedly, I don't know if he's back hmm. in this movie, but supposedly he dies. Sigourney Weaver. Oh,
2: spoiler! <laughs> I told you there would be spoilers, everybody. No, he's a press tour. Everybody's—he's like he's out there promoting it. So oh, never mind.
0: <laughs> so they're not holding back on spoilers. They're like The Rock and Black Adam. They're like he's in it. Trust yeah.
2: me, come see this
0: movie. Uh, Plus, oh, I'm going to okay. spoil the shit out of this. So all right, he's going to spoil the shit out of it. So. Again, I have not seen this movie. I'm gonna take a step back. I'll interject with questions as they come up so boys uh argument counter argument why should I see or not see this movie?
1: okay um, so I mean, we'll get into the more more than notes, but uh, I would say you shouldn't see this movie because to me. It feels like more of the same. Uh, Great visuals. A lot of good stuff happening in terms of like your movie theater experience. But in terms of characters and story, I would say is lacking. Um, Vactor, I don't know if you want to make your case or if you want to just get into the details now.
0: Let's spoil it. So first of all. And I don't care if you spoil me on this movie. I'm just saying that right now. So don't feel bad. So first things first is why don't you just tell me what the plot of this movie is? Okay. Before you tell me your feelings or scene breakdowns or anything like that. Tell me
1: what is is the movie about? So Jake Sully is whitewashing a culture on another planet. Okay. All right. All he right. He shows up. He starts bringing in military tactics into with a, a, so family, <laughs> a family of aliens <laughs> that just so happen to resemble, you know, African tribes, you yeah, know, me and no big deal. Uh, so let's see. So Jake Sully's fully engulfed. That's how you start the movie, right? He's fully entrenched. He is. What are they called? Navi. Mm hmm. And then he's he's fully entrenched he has there's a big quick you know little montage type stuff going on at the beginning, kind of expressing how long he's been there, and you know he has kids now, multiple children uh with uh what's I don't even know the Zoe Saldana, name. yeah, I know the, the theory actor. is her name, yeah, her, so anyway uh he's kids her then the sky people come back they demolish a big chunk of the planet to set their base they're basically coming back to you know take over the planet again uh and then lo and behold uh cable is back in a reanimated form also as an avatar now he has essentially become They took Jake Sully's story and kind of that template and put him in it, right? Like he is now in the Avatar body and he's back to take over. Uh, So the Sky people come back and they're fighting with the Na'vi and the trees and, you know, their little home village. So then Jake Sully takes his family to the Hawaiians uh, of this planet, um <laughs> the water people, I guess we should say, uh and then he brings war to them, and uh <laughs> they kill get a bunch of them killed, uh makes a bunch of them sad, <laughs> and uh yeah, nothing that's kind of where okay. it's it's at, you know, uh all right, nothing all else right. happens, you know, <laughs> it's kind of all stops there. Nobody right. really of significance dies, nothing. I liked
0: this movie the first time I saw it when it was called <laughs> Black Panther wakanda forever <laughs> you didn't even see that movie that's true that's also a joke i didn't see that i've waited i'm waiting for disney plus hey listen i'm not hosting a geek movie podcast anymore so i'm under no obligation yeah. to see every single one in the theaters <laughs> but i am gonna watch it when it hits that disney plus okay mm-hmm. all right now that we know and by we i mean me what the movie's about i do want to take a second because it says in the notes right here in bright red text trailers before the movie
2: oh this was jeff's favorite part of this this was experience. the best part
1: uh, well no long. it was really good i really liked cuz there's a so actually i'll tell the story so we sh- i show up and vector is like he's got his uh he's got what is it you get like a free popcorn from harkins if you have the thing what is it the cup well or whatever i have
2: a cup so you get a drink for 50 cents oh. or a dollar and okay i don't have the shirt where you get free popcorn oh okay so
1: specter was in line to get a couple things and i'm like now we know there is uh some preview stuff happening you know there is uh i think they were advertising did they advertise both of these previews they, they must what have about the right? oppenheimer um, but yeah, Oppenheimer, which is the next Christopher Nolan movie, uh, and his first away from uh Warner, uh, and, and now let's just say
2: e. Jeff likes Christopher Nolan like Rob likes Weird Al, so that's Ooh. putting it. <laughs> this
1: you got Christopher <laughs> Nolan's
0: autograph,
1: yeah. I attend his concerts, yes, <laughs> I love um, it. I love the uh, way you think, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and I would say Vactor's a big Chris mm-hmm. Nolan guy, too. He's you know, One my favorite directors, yeah, and so um. We were both hyped to get in and see this, uh, you know, on the IMAX screen and and see what's going on with this movie and hopefully some more details. So uh, I get in there and Vector is, uh, you know, kind of waiting for his drink. And I'm like, oh, and if you haven't been to AZ Mills Mall, the IMAX, that concession stand sucks. (laughs) It is always backed up. It, it, you, if you want to get in, you have to go super early uh, if you want to get your seat and not miss the beginning of the movie uh, over some popcorn. But Hold uh,
0: on. Is it general seating still there or
1: is it assigned seating? It's a sign. It's a sign. Mm-hmm. So Vector says, oh, hey, you know, uh, if you want to go find your seat, I'm going to just get this drink real quick. And I was like, all right, you know, yeah, you probably got like 30 minutes of trailers, you know, coming along. And then, uh, So I get in there and I sit down, I I wait a handful of minutes and, you know, Vactor's texting me. He's like, man, this line's taking a minute. And then we're
2: moving at all.
1: Yeah. And then they, the lady comes in to start to do the announcements. They do this announcement for the, the IMAX movies Mm -hmm. to describe what's happening and where you're at. And, you know, this is the biggest screen on this side of, of Phoenix or whatever, you know? And, uh, and then it immediately starts to go into the the previews, like you see the the thing come up, and I text Vector. I'm like, "Oh, you know the previews are starting, you know you're gonna miss it for your drink and his one text back to me was "I'll starve
2: and he <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> and he he hauled ass into this theater and I'll he got starve. his seat. <laughs> but he, but was, his one text was, "I'll starve." <laughs> and he just left. He left the line. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was, that was pretty one of funny. a couple of funny, couple funny things that were one. But that's classic Vactor, though. Like yeah. that line is perfect. <laughs> Oh, I'll starve. Uh, so, uh, so that comes in. So then we find out there's a Mission Impossible. What's the name? Dead something back there. Do you know? Dead uh, that, Mission me. Impossible. Dead serious. Dead uh, reckoning. Dead reckoning. Yeah. And um, So these trailers are great. Uh, the Oppenheimer looks amazing. Uh, like I, yeah, I can't wait to go see that movie on that screen when that comes out in seven months, eight months, whatever it is. I'm sure me and Vector will go see that. And uh, that's a standard trailer. You know, that's they've been hinting at some of that stuff. I'm sure you can probably find it online if it's, if it's not up already. Um, but, yeah, that movie's looking pretty amazing. Vector, uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. But I think the one we want to talk about is there's not – it's not a – Uh, what would you call the Mission Impossible thing? It's almost like a featurette Mm -hmm. that you would find on a DVD.
2: Yeah, it was all about the big stunt for the movie.
1: Yeah, they show, I would assume, one of several stunts that are going to happen. I would assume this is the biggest one, but it's a Mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at like a ramp that it looks like it's flying off of a cliff but then it zooms out. It's like a big helicopter drone shot. I mean, just this preview is shot like you know cinematically uh and you realize that tom cruise is gonna ride a a dirt bike motorcycle-esque looking you know thing i don't know which one of the two it is off of a mountain and into a valley so it's not just a cliff that you know it's not like he's launching into the grand canyon he's launching like Way down in, there's like a there's like a town below in this like between these mountains uh and it looked uh pretty incredible i was um I was super impressed. I think it had to do probably with the camera work and the editing and just this little preview thing, but uh on the iMAX screen, especially, that looks like one of the craziest stunts I think I've ever seen for a movie if if i would i would I don't know what you know all that stuff cost or whatever, but I mean it looks pretty intense. Uh, I don't know if you agree,
2: Vactor. Every Mission Impossible Tom Cruise has to up his game about what type of stunt he actually does, and this one, yeah, it looks like pretty amazing. And I think this is going to be his last Mission Impossible movies. He's too yeah. old, too old to begin the training <laughs> mm-hmm. from Hook, yeah. Jeff. Right? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um.
1: So yeah. So that those things were really. I was that actually got me kind of hyped up for, you know, what was to come in, uh, Avatar, uh, was just seeing those two things, full screen IMAX in front of us, uh, was pretty great. Um, so then after that, you know, we get into the, the three hour adventure, uh, that is Avatar. And like I said, I, if personally I don't feel like you're missing much, If you never see this movie, but I will say you are missing the entire point of this movie if you don't see it. And I would say in IMAX as well. I would go the extra leap to say that you should probably should not see it in like Dolby. You should probably go see it in like the biggest screen possible Uh, factor. I don't know if you would.
2: Agree with that. I assume yeah, this you was would. made for IMAX. They filmed like with IMAX cameras, and it's in high frame rate. Um, I'm, the next screening or the next showing that I go to is not going to be in 3D or in IMAX. It's just going to be in a regular theater. So I'll be able to report on what oh, is dang. it like for the regulars,
1: but yeah. the normies, <laughs> the, the, peasants. the impoverished yeah. people. <laughs> the reason why Rob
2: the should poors. see this movie is because you're not going to see it in the theater is because when you watch it at home, if you watch it on Disney plus, it's not going to be the same experience. And this is like a very short window. It was kind of like when the dark Knight came out in IMAX mm-hmm. and I said, I got to see it as many times as possible because you're not going to be able to see it. Now they did re-release it a couple times, but I, the, the window that you have to see these type of movies on IMAX is very small. So uh-huh. it's kind of like the old days back in the, you know, like the fifties when you, if you didn't see it in the theater, you're not going to see it. There's no VHS. There's no internet back then where you're going to be watching it at home. Right. That's what I feel like about Avatar, the way of water. It is a spectacle. It is something you have to see on a big screen. You're not going to be watching on your phone and be like, Oh man, look how great, look how expansive these vistas are. It's not going to be the same experience. And then the second reason why Rob should see it is because he is a father. And this is, Movie is all about family and being a father, and what? I think it'll it'll hit Rob. <laughs> if you hate your family, it uh-huh. is. <laughs> it'll hit Rob in his in his tinglies in his jumblies. Uh,
1: so let's just go right into like details then. Yes, details uh, please. So. Uh, we'll talk about some. Uh, so actually, I, I guess I'll touch on the the technical aspect. The variable frame rate is kind of interesting. Rob, you're gonna see. I assume you'll go see this in IMAX and blah blah, blah whatever at some point in three D. If whatever. I if I um, actually go see it, I don't know if it. he will. Uh, yeah. If y- I go you, you see may. it, yeah, it depends um, on this assume... this debate. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I assume you will get bored at some point. You will go watch it, but um. The variable frame rate, I thought, was was interesting. I, I don't think I was talking to uh, Vactor in the car afterwards. I was like, I don't think I've seen one in theater uh, with a higher frame rate. I've seen stuff on, like, you know, Netflix and the streaming services that are, are running at higher frames occasionally. Uh, but never something like that here. And I thought it was mostly fine. Like, I didn't really, it wasn't jarring. There were a couple scenes, though. There's a couple times in the movie where, It felt video game esque, right? And Rob, you know this feeling like there's a certain point where you're you're playing the game and it's rendering what's in front of you, and then it felt like you would cut to a Mm cutscene and it would just feel like there it's hard to nail down like if if you don't know the technical details of what's changing there, but it just feels different, right? You're like, why is this, you know, you're able to tell the difference, yeah, between
0: It uh, yeah. live rendering versus a cutscene.
1: Yeah, and it gets you get cut into this thing. You're like, oh, this isn't the the thing I was just playing. Um, it's no, it's no God of War. Um, but the um, I think it was factor. You probably saw. I think it was the underwater scenes is where he kicked Is where that frame rate kicks up, right to like the highest frame underwater
2: rate. underwater and the flying scenes. A lot of the action sequences were in the higher mm-hmm. frame rate. Yeah,
1: and so. Uh, that was a little weird. I don't, you know, I wonder the thing I, I, for me, I'm like, okay, this is interesting because I'm interested in like the technical aspect of what's happening there. But I wonder for like people like, you know, our parents and stuff that just go to see this. Like, like I said, my mom will probably go see this because she liked Titanic or whatever, you know. So any, any James Cameron movie is like one that she'll go see. Like, I wonder how that experience would be for her, like if she would care or if it would bother her at all. Uh, and I'm kind of interested to see eventually when she goes to, to watch this to, uh, to get her reaction. Um, so I think that just kind of, uh, you know, uh, leaves me kind of wondering what, what, the, what the reaction to that will be. But I would say everything else from a technical standpoint, CG, uh, you know, skin texture, which is always hard, I think to nail in like any kind of CG uh, aspect. Um, All of that stuff looks really, really good. Um, I saw, I think it might've been the film cast. Maybe one of the, one of the guys are talking about that train sequence where the train flips the, uh, the Navi attack a train Mm -hmm. early on in the movie. And it, it's this whole scene where the the train will flips. It's like a set piece kind of thing. And uh, they were, I didn't find that to be like mind blowing necessarily. I didn't think it was like, I thought it was cool, but I didn't think it it wasn't something where I was like, you know, this is incredible. How could they possibly have ever done this? I I just feel like, yeah, you know, given 10, 12 years of working on a movie, you know, you're going to get pretty good CG, right? Uh, So, that part didn't necessarily blow me away like it did for others. Um but uh you know the water looks great in this. Uh you know, we talk about like you know, that like that footage of that new Grand Theft Auto leaked, right? And you see the water in that in that footage mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this is like next level water. Uh Jim Cameron has H3O. next level water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> H, yeah. It's H3O, more watery than water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put water in your water, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that that looks really good. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I'm trying to think of any of the other technical things that I just I just thought, you know, I they continue like. Jim, and speaking of water, Jim Cameron fucking loves water, baby. Yes. He loves underwater shit. He loves uh, water there play. there is a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, he likes water sports. That is a hundred percent. Um, he there is a lot of that, and it does look really good. I, I would say actually back there, if the the scene where the, he, the youngest son, is out and kind of you know they they abandon him. Uh, one of the other the other tribe, Rob, abandons the youngest son of Jake Sully. Uh, some of the little rascals in the in the new Water People tribe. You know they abandon him out there to die basically, or you know to get in trouble. And uh, there's a whole underwater sequence where he's being chased by a monster. And then this like essentially what it looks like a, a blue whale or a whale of sorts uh, comes and saves him. And that all of that whole sequence was was awesome. I thought everything looks looked really good, like the underwater, like the destruction of all the coral, uh, you know, all the action happening there. It, it just looks, you know, it it's some of the best CG I think I've ever seen in a movie, probably Uh, if you had to like stack it up against stuff. um, It looks really good. Um, But, you know, I think by the time you're like, I don't know, 10 scenes of underwater, you know, uh, like the final act of the movie where it is this whole underwater thing. And like, people aren't even really talking at the end very much. It's just kind of like a long, drawn out like underwater and, and we'll get to what that is in a second probably but it just it did wear on me though the water you know the underwater stuff uh vector i don't know how you
2: felt i very much enjoyed the water because it's something different than the first movie the first movie is all forest stuff and mm-hmm. this one most of the movie takes place in either underwater or on top of the water so for me i enjoyed it as an element as like something new that we hadn't seen before. And it really showed off that high frame rate. I I thought every part of the water stuff looked great. But again, the focus on the family and the kids was the Mm. one that really won me over for this movie because it, and I even cared more about Jake Sully in this one than I did in the first one. That was my big takeaway from the first movie. And did I talk about it on here when I, I went and saw the re-release of Avatar like in September, October. Mm -hmm. The thing that when I was watching that, I was like, man, Jake Sully is boring. Um, Sam Worthington (laughs) is not a charismatic actor. He seems like a nice guy, but as an actor. Falling in and out of his accent. He's not Tom Cruise. He's not somebody that you're like, oh man, that guy. So this one, it made me like Jake Sully more, but, The Shifting the focus over to the kids I thought was Mm -hmm. pretty well done And then the kids were better than I thought They were going to be because child actors It's like a mixed mixed bag If they're going to be good or not And if they're bad They're bad (laughs) So these guys I thought all the new kids did great And Like I said as a dad There's moments in the movie where I saw Myself I saw my son And I can't wait to see it With my my wife she was not able to see cuz she was watching my son but um we're going to she's going we're going to take her at some point like i said it's not going to be in 3D it's not going to be in IMAX but we're going to go to one of those movie theaters that has the dine in um mm. where you can eat she likes those seven movie theaters so we'll see it again and i want to see her reaction to the family stuff but i wanted to get jeff's take cuz you said i think you said the story was one that you didn't like right jeff
1: um, yeah, I wouldn't say I would say Avatar sits in the the middling category, right like this is not something that blew me away. this is not something that is like horrifically bad, right like this isn't like this isn't so bad you're gonna be laughing when you come out of it um, but to get into some of the characters, uh some of this shit is so like. It, like like the kids, okay. So they establish the kids in in the movie. Um, in the beginning, it's just a it's like a long cutscene. So, uh, I I mean, I guess we're gonna go full blown spoilers here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna for this part. But uh, surprise surprise, uh, the older of the two boys, let's say, right? The, I guess they're boys. I don't know what you would categorize them as, but male, uh, yes. <laughs> the older of the two boys. <laughs> Uh, he ends up getting shot and and gets killed in the movie right near the the later half of it um because there's so much shit that happens after that I felt like but uh he gets shot and killed and I just don't give a shit like I just don't care that much like I understand like I care in as much as like the basic very basic basic you know hey this is his son you saw some stuff happen at the beginning of the movie but I just don't care about this character enough yet right that it's like this uh tragic thing for me you know what i mean like there hasn't and he was kind of set up i think i think vector you mentioned this kind of halfway through the movie too if he had the dog vibe in this movie at a certain point to me where i'm like this guy is gonna die (laughs) i was like this one one of these two, at least, one of these boys are dying because there is no way somebody's getting out of this alive and you have how, how many more movies to make, you know? There needs to be some motivation, right? There needs to be something there. Um, I just feel like, you know what would have been better if they would have established this kid in the first movie? Like if he would have somehow been there, you know, more in the first movie a little bit. And then like, just give me a reason other than just the montage and like some of the scenes in the beginning. Um, I just didn't feel like there was enough time there for me. Like it, it almost, I think you almost would have to like, to make me really care about it. You would have had to have established him in this movie and then kill him off in the next movie. Right. Like, just so you like, he, like, like I don't know his personality. I don't know anything about him really other than like, he just argues with his brother and gets in trouble. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of like uh, meat to that character. I feel like. And then on top of that, the motivations for some of these characters are like so stupid. Uh, There's just, there's parts in here where I'm just like, why would this, you know? And again, this comes back to the first movie where they can tell you're an outsider. And, but like nothing happens. It means almost nothing. It's mentioned a lot in the movie, but it means almost nothing other than like, it's just dialogue. Right. So for example, in the whole, the whole time. And they established this in the first movie, the this world is connected by some type of uh, being or something, right? Like it is all central. All these animals are tied in together and they go through a little bit of that, like explanation of how they keep the, uh, the planet's immune system from, you know, getting rid of the sky people. Right. I think they established that maybe in the first movie, uh, what they're doing there. but, you just never see this. Like, like to me, they mention that all the time, and they keep showing these people putting their little little ponytails into, into the socket of another ponytail thing. And then, like, there's not really a lot of significance. I mean, they talk to a fucking whale for five minutes in the movie, and, like, that's the connectedness. Like, you don't even get the payoff until the end of the movie when, uh, Rob, there's, like, a shipwreck, oh, James Cameron, there's a shipwreck at the end and they're trying to get out from underneath it. And everybody's kind of running out of breath, whatever. And then one of the, the Navi, she calls these like underwater fireflies to like guide them out of the boat. And like, it is sort of this like expression of like the symbiotic relationship with the with the planet. But that's it. <laughs> like, it's like, why shouldn't there be more of this? Shouldn't there be like, shouldn't the humans have a harder time? Like, shouldn't there be like, you know, a, like something else should be happening here instead of just like you saying it. And then animals talking to each other, Um especially for how big of a deal it seems to be. I just feel like there's just not enough context there uh, or nothing like is that cool. And you keep mentioning it, you know, or it, the whole thing is built around the ponytail thing. Right. And like, that's something I think we're going to see
2: in the sequels because Sigourney Weaver's character is clearly, they're setting her up to be like, oh, she's got the Jedi powers. like She's got a connection. And that's who Jeff was talking about when he called the underwater fireflies. She's the one who has the connection, everything. So I think this movie is setting up what she's going to be later. So that part didn't bother me. And then um, to go against Jeff's point about the kid not setting him up. I think what you're really supposed to feel is the parents losing a kid. And I felt that as a parent, when mm-hmm. you saw Zoe Saldana screaming that she lost her son, that was, I think it's more about that than setting him up. Cause he didn't have a whole lot in the movie. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of scenes. It was focused on the younger son way more. So when the, when the older son died, I still felt the ramifications through the parents and I think that was effective, um, the way that James Cameron did that. I just thought it was interesting that they shifted the focus from Jake Sully and Natiri to their kids. That's not something that I would have expected for this movie. I thought they would stay right, yeah. with
1: big big chunks of this name
2: characters. Yeah, then with like the
1: Hawaiian kids mm-hmm. or whatever. I just feel like it's just bait. like I don't know. Like I just for me, I'm like, if you're establishing these characters, like I just didn't care about those kids that much. Like I'd care about the younger one. Right. They go through his whole, his whole thing. Right. But like the older one, he also is kind of a, like to the side too. Right. Like I was like, okay, like, you know, and I know you have to like have, you know, kind of a through line through this story. Like, it's not like you can just kill this off after you spend all this time on it. But um, I don't know. I just wish there was something, Oh, I just wish I knew the character more, you know, like I wish I, I, there's, there's to me, there's like some stuff there left to be desired, you know, like he kind of defends his brother in a couple scenes. Right. And there's a, there's a few action things here and there, but ultimately, uh, you know, he just kind of, and, and I think also his death to me is also so quick, I guess, let's say we talked about this a little bit right after the movie, like, they do the thing, Rob, where there's a shootout. You, nothing happens on screen that you can see. You see a bullet fly towards him at the screen. And then a minute and a half later, he's, you know, up on a rock, like, bleeding. Right? So it's like they don't even give him, like, the, uh, you know, more than just, like, a frame or two of, like, what happens to him. Uh, I would have, you know, like, I feel like you kind of just let that character just go. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like, especially for a movie that's hurting for characters, I feel like you doing this, like you could have built something there. Right. I, I don't know. I, I just, when the kid dies, I just don't give a shit. Like, that's just kind of all I can say.
2: Yeah. Like I said, it's really the parents that make you feel it. And his death, I don't think was that quick. Cause he got shot and then he couldn't breathe. And then you see the parents realizing what's about to happen to him. And then him, the the kid as he's dying, he goes, I want to no, go yeah, home true, true, like that hit me when he said that I want to go home. So all of those things, like I said, I thought were very well done. And I think this one, you can really tell the difference between the first Avatar and this one in that James Cameron wrote the first one all by himself. This one, he right. got like a writer's room of writers to come in. And I think the script is a lot better in this one. It's almost like the. When you think about the George Lucas um, prequels versus the Mm -hmm. four, five, and six, when Mm -hmm. it's just Lucas and there's nobody to tell him, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that, George. I think (laughs) it's better with Cameron as well. These writers that he got to come in worked on the Planet of the Apes franchise, which I was a big fan of. And I think they did a great job um, setting up this universe, expanding it so it wasn't just this small little forest on Pandora and and also right. you get to see Pandora the world that they're on is the moon for a, an even larger planet so I'm sure in yes, the next couple of yes. sequels we're going to get to go over to there and see what that planet is like mm-hmm. so I think this movie is one that Rob needs to see on the big screen and <laughs> it's not going to be one that you can get at home you're not going to have that same experience Um, And I also wanted to talk about Jeff talked about technology, the fact that Sigourney Weaver died in the first movie, and then she plays a 14 year old avatar version of herself in this movie. Uh, I think that has implications for the future of acting. And we even see it with Harrison Ford in this new Indiana Jones movie that's about to come out where they de-aged him. I think it's going to get to a point in the future. And we saw that even with Mark Hamill on the Mandalorian you're you're going to have actors acting for a lot longer because they're going to be de-aging them using these motion capture and just using CG um, to have a different type of experience. So actors are not going to have to worry about how they look necessarily. It's more their performance and their voice. So I think that that's very interesting that what Sigourney Weaver was able to do in this one.
1: I would say, I think you're, I think you're right. The right, like, I would probably give Avatar one like a five, right? And I think I told you this in, in the car on the way home. I was like, this one I would probably give six and a half, like as maybe maybe a seven. You could talk me into. I, I think I think it, I think it's clearly better. Um, I just still feel like there's a lot to be desired, uh, but yes, I think the writing is actually better. Like I can't tell you what happened. In the first Avatar, probably ten minutes after I got out of there, uh, but this one, e- even though I don't care about that that middle brother or the older brother, the younger brother story was like overall like interesting to me, right? Like I do think they established that, so that is like an ongoing character now. And then you can get rid of these boring fucking Jake Sully and garbage characters. Get rid of the guy, the GI Joe commander guy. Get rid of him. We're tired of seeing him. Get him out of here. And then little uh little Schaaf with his little dreads, you know, the white boy running around. Shout uh, out to
0: Schaaf. <laughs> we are our, our one mandatory Schaaf reference.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was going to, uh, there's a fun fact to to speak to my other funny vector moment. If I can just talk about the characters real quick too. Still. Uh, <laughs> there's a character in this. Rob, you've ever, heard, you've heard, you know, tactical gear. Uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes tactical. they call it cool. Tac- tactical. Yeah. Tactical. <laughs> There's so with the with the GI Joe guy, whatever his name is, Cable. He right. has Stephen Lang crew. is the
2: actor's name, and Miles Anki Porch you. is the
1: character. Yeah. Name. So he has like his whole crew are like Navi now, right? So there's like five of them, and they're all in like military garb in their Navi bodies. Um, and <laughs> at one point. So one of his buddies is flying around and he has like, they're for like fishing, right? But they're like the tactical looking like sunglasses, like reflective blue. Um, Vector, I don't know if you can find like a picture of that character. Maybe we could post it. Well, just the <laughs> PC principal from <laughs> South Park. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Right. Have you seen okay. PC principal. He's wearing those glasses and Vector <laughs> is just laughing and he just leans over to me and he goes, he goes this guy's glasses and (laughs) I started cracking up in this theater somebody I think they were killing a whale or something like that I forget they were doing something that was sad but Vector when he leaned over and just pointed out that this guy's wearing like tactical glasses uh as a Navi just made me laugh so hard uh it was like and that's kind of the thing about the movie it's just uh you know there's just weird things like that about the characters. Where I'm like, "That's strange." <laughs> like, "All right, you you have them in here, I guess, you know." Uh the and then like the white kid with dreads. Like, "This is strange." Uh all right, let's continue with this. Um there's just like and they, you know, uh there's little things that made me laugh throughout the movie. Let's just say I love it. <laughs> I
0: love it. That's classically classic factor to just point out something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, alright, well, uh, maybe I'll see it, maybe I won't I mean, you guys did spoil the movie for me So I feel <laughs> like I know what already happens But, as we all know, it's very well documented Once we stop hit- hitting the record button I very quickly forget everything that was discussed On this podcast, or any podcast I'm on, as a matter of fact So, you probably didn't ruin it for me Let's see if I can get a weekend away to, yeah. <laughs> Part part of the reason where I'm just like, man, Avatar two, is because it's three hours long, and not yeah. to mention the drive to the to and from the theater. Not that that's much, yeah. It's it's really not, but it's all adding to it, right? And then you got to get there a little early, get the popcorn because I ain't gonna starve. I'm not starving, <laughs> so it's you're looking at like a four hour chunk of your time to do this, and so like, I barely want to go see. Black Panther or something like that, and I love Marvel movies, just because I'm like, man, I just like, I like watching it at home, you know. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. But
0: that being said, oh, Vactor's pointing a picture of the, <laughs> posting a picture on our Discord <laughs> Did- of the the character with the glasses. Um, I was just <laughs> is that a, that's a dude with the dreadlocks?
2: Oh yeah, he's a very that's pretty a dude. dude,
0: baby. <laughs> he looks like a woman.
2: So, uh, so is there uh, anything actually, wrong with that? Do you remember yeah. in Endgame? When they're in the town and the kid is riding his bike and he turns around and looks at the camera, that's him. That's the same. Oh,
0: no
1: kidding. Oh,
2: really? Huh. Good for him. (laughs) Um, Good
1: for him. I was going to say something else. But yeah, this. um,
2: Well, let me let me ask you this, Jeff. Can you deny James Cameron is a great action director? Like when you see his action, it's not Michael Bay. It's not. You're so confused. Like you don't know what's going on. All right. I got all kind of crap on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. But James Cameron, true. I think, is the best action director, and he proved it again in this movie. You, you said this was your favorite movie of 2022 in our chat. This is, I would say, but is one that of my real? Favorite. Like, was that, you was that a time? troll? No, there's no, not a, a troll.
0: I'm gonna reiterate the question. I'm gonna present the question to you differently, Vector. And you're allowed to to have this be your favorite movie. You're spoiling nobody's our taking that away. Allowed. Nobody's allowed. <laughs> nobody's allowed. But I'm just curious. Do you make that decision? immediately or do you sit and reflect and like okay well you know i really liked uh, i really liked thor love and thunder but
2: this this one had water
0: you know like i'm just curious
2: <laughs> it depends did you immediately
0: on the, decide or did you reflect
2: it depends on the time of year now being december it's easy to look back on the year that was and yes this and top gun maverick are my favorite films oh and the batman my I see, I see, we had a
1: Batman movie this year. Everybody remember. You know, I think it is. I think you just don't like Batman anymore. I think we're growing apart. You know what I mean? I think uh, also, I Think you've given I, up?
0: I want to know how fast would you say the three hours flew? Like, does this movie
2: slog? This this, drag its feet? This three hours felt like two oh, hours.
1: It was. It was pretty good. You know, my butt didn't hurt at the end of this movie, which is a good sign. Because even the movies that I love, like the Batman, when I saw that the second time my butt was hurting at the end of that movie. But, you know, no pun intended. uh, (laughs) The last 30 minutes of this movie, oh my god. The amount of just drawn out like, I just wanted the camera to cut quicker. Like, I know you're establishing shots here, James. I know you're making stuff happen, but I was just like, I just wanted it to be over. Like, I was tired of the of the boat sinking. Like, let's just like, I know what's happening here. Let's just keep this moving. I was, uh, that to me, that last bit felt like it dragged on. But All that's right, it. And uh, my last question
0: to you both is this James Cameron's best movie ever? Has he topped hell, himself? Hell no. Hell no. No? no? What's the best hell movie? What's the no. best
1: James Cameron movie in Europe? He pulled the list. It's got to be. Is he? Is he T two or is he like a producer on that shit? Oh, he's, he's T right. one and T two, baby. T yeah, come on. T one and T two are his best, probably. I have to look up a list, so you have to give me a second. T one and T two. You think Avatar is above either of those? No, I
2: am just There's saying. There is no fucking way. He hasn't made that many movies, and you have to look up a list of James Cameron movies. I have to go through what he, dude, he has Piranha
1: 2 The Spawning that was this the list. first movie <laughs> that he made no no Xenogenesis was the first movie on this list <laughs> thank duh. you very much duh, duh, <laughs> come on the classic ever seen movies vector
2: <laughs> one day Jeff will be a true uh, fan of James Cameron like me
1: no look at hold on, look at the James Cameron list just for two seconds I no, I, I know be, every
2: movie he's done Jeff Aliens no, and don't. Terminator 2 yeah, I do, joke. Yeah. No, he, no he, doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't know every one of them.
1: James he Cameron has not made all. that many
2: movies. Go list them. List them. He did, he did True Lies, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Aliens, Avatar, Titanic, Avatar 2, Piranha 2, and that first one you said.
1: <laughs> I don't see the Muse listed on here. You oh, he yeah, oh, this as well.
2: Or Solaris. What, about what Solaris? Man, Jeff's got a weird list there. We're talking about directing, Jeff. He did direct this. Oh, he did or not he's direct, he's direct Solaris.
1: This is on a list. This is. I'm looking at a Wikipedia. What the hell?
0: Anybody? <laughs> I'm editing that right now just to throw you off.
1: <laughs> it also says he <laughs> <No, I think, laughs> directed a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't I think, know that's what weird. Jeff's looking at. I think Avatar and stuff is good, but I think I mean T2, Aliens, T1 are superior. All right and
0: what say you vector best his best movie ever
2: this one is up there but i would not put it above aliens or t2 oh my god
0: nice nice well you're both wrong it's true lies all right <laughs> moving on now we're ta- we're actually talking about video games everybody this week's big big release uh, was high on life the new game from Justin Roiland from Squanch Games. You may know Justin Roiland from the uh, the hit animated series, Rick and Morty. You have to have a really high IQ to understand the humor on that show. The humor might go right over your head, unlike us with our high IQs and our Szechuan sauces and our Wubba Lubba Dub Dubs. <laughs> uh, I shit you not, Jeff, he turns into a pickle. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so... Um, This is a a first-person shooter that is injected with a lot of humor. uh, The trademark Justin Roiland humor. Now, he's, as far as I know, Squanch Games has made two games before. They made Trover Saves the Universe, which was a VR game. And, well, I think it started as VR, but then they made a non-VR version. And then the Rick and Morty VR game. Have either of you played either of
1: those two games? I yeah. have played both. You see Trover and the Ricky Morty VR. Yeah. Not
2: for very long, though. Yeah, I saw okay. credits on Trover. I have not played the Ricky Morty. Okay.
0: Oh. I have not played the Rick and Morty. I did play a, a significant amount of the Trover saves the universe, but I stopped playing it because it was on my PS VR, which as we all know, it w- was not that great in terms of interface and controls. So after mm-hmm. a while, I just sort of got tired of it and stopped. Now, that was before I had my my Oculus or my MetaQuest or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure it's available on PC in and in proper VR, but I have not gone back to do that. Oh, but I just actually,
2: might. real quick, uh, the Rick and Morty Virtual reality was created by Alchemy uh, Labs, released by oh. Adult Swim Games. So the Squanch did not do that one.
0: Well, not. do you see the... Uh, the footnote on there that Alchemy Games turned into Squanch?
2: No, that's not. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, yeah, let me hop, on, hop on that Squanch Wikipedia. Games was formerly known as Squanch Tendo. I've actually <laughs> been click, following click, them. Click, 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 click. They were founded in 2016, and he's been going on a ton of podcasts talking about his love for video games. So that piqued my interest when I heard that. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, this is not some celebrity that's just throwing his money around and doesn't really care about gaming He's actually into games. So it made me give him a a level of respect that I didn't have before. The only other games besides Trover and High on Life was Accounting and Dr. Splorchy Presents Space Heroes. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but it
0: sounds like them. All right. Well, uh, this is also free on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, Quote unquote free. Anyways, You're, you're paying for Xbox Game Pass. Um, and available other places, too. But I'm playing it on Game Pass on my Xbox. Are you playing it on PC, Vector, or are you playing it on it?
2: I'm playing it on PC.
0: Playing it on PC, and Jeff W. is uh, doing it the the easy way.
1: The easy way. Yeah. I'll probably do it on Xbox, though, because I'm looking for console games to play uh, off my PC. So that will be where I play this eventually. If only you had a new (laughs) controller, Jeff,
0: to play stuff on. But that's beside the point. Uh, when I say the easy way, Jeff's
1: watching it on YouTube <laughs> or something. I'm doing the Trent way. I'm doing the Vector way. <laughs> He's doing it way, the Trent baby. way. Uh, so right. a, no shame in it. No shame in and it. And I want Stop to point out
2: it. real quick, Jeff's Xenogenesis it. that he talked about was a short film directed is by James Cameron, not a feature film. Oh, We're talking this about guy didn't get the joke. So Jeff oh, was man. wrong earlier in the like podcast. I and the before Shoff has a chance, actually, before actually, Shoff has a chance, I'm going to put it right now that Jeff was wrong. And he uh, will not admit it.
0: Uh, now, listen, I love Shoff just as much as everybody, but I don't think Shoff knows that Xenomorphs or whatever it was called was, was a short film versus a full-length feature film. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go out on a ledge. Um, and no, uh, Shoff. No, I
2: know Shoff. I, I didn't know, know Shaw. That. He would have looked it up. Just like a I film had, is I a know. film,
1: you know. No. I count all films as films. A student
2: now that's not <laughs> true. Jeff does not count student <laughs> films as films. Because if that was true then we know somebody that would be a major director uh, right now because they did sh- <laughs> they did non-feature films, Jeff. Aww.
0: That's true. Aww, That's true, Jeff. <laughs> um, I don't know who he's talking about, but just for point of reference, uh. Shop is Shop is the co-host of the uh, Technological <laughs> Podcast, yeah, sure. which we'll talk about in a little <laughs> while uh, when the show is coming to a close. And the former co-host of Geek So To Speak podcast, all 200 episodes still available on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. on co-starring myself and Factor. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I played this game for about three hours. Four hours if you count Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: <laughs> which, um, let me just talk about that real quick. Uh, mild spoilers for the beginning, the, the beginning hours of the game. Uh, you eventually run into a situation where a full-length feature-length film... Full-length, feature-length? I guess that's sort of redundant. But a full-length film is put on a television and the the way it starts versus the way the fake commercials are presented, it looks <laughs> like it's fake. The text on the screen, the font, it looks like it's fake. And before you know it, a very young Denise Richards is on the screen. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then a, a very un dead paul walker is on the screen rest in peace <laughs> and i'm like this is, what is this and it's it's very bad i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> but my curiosity took the better of me because i was like they're not this isn't gonna be a whole thing but i got news for you guys it's a whole <laughs> thing and it's actually not just it's not a, a hidden thing it turns out that they they bought the full rights to this movie. Oh, dang. So so they could put it on here. And I was reading that they actually bought... I don't know how shrewd this part is because I haven't seen this yet. But they bought the rights of four full-length, feature-length movies. Yeah, that's right. Full-length, feature-length movies. <laughs> I've only seen the one. Uh, but interestingly enough, I went... Uh, that night after I watched that first part of that movie, I went downstairs... To, to meet my wife to watch some game of thrones starting season eight boys but we'll get to that on a different podcast and i said i just started i was just watching this movie in my video game and she looked me dead in the eye <laughs> before i could even finish my sentence she goes tam tammy and the t-rex and i said how did you know that she goes i read about it <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well okay i wonder Sorry. if
2: count that so on game pass they have a section how long to beat and it shows 15 hours is the completionist time i wonder if the movie is included in that 15 hours uh well mm, i think that's a good way to push it
0: to push that hours uh benchmark to get the the uh the babies to play your game
2: (laughs) eight hours is just the main storyline We haven't even said what the premise of this game is. Well,
0: I want to get that out of the way first, just before (laughs) I forgot about it, because I knew I will. So the premise is that you are a teenage boy uh, just living your life on Earth. And out of nowhere, an alien, gigantic alien spaceship crash lands in your neighborhood and... it starts abducting people to smoke them as drugs. They are using people as joints in this. Not that I've done drugs, I so I don't really know how that works. But they they suck on the humans. Not that I've sucked on a human. I don't really know how that works. But and the uh, they they take off and a gun, a single gun that is also an alien was left and you can pick it up and it talks to you and it takes you on a intergalactic mission to save planet earth from space drug dealers who want to take over the world and sell humans as drugs that is the premise and if it sounds silly it's because it is it's very dumb as a matter of fact and it's it's a humorous game if you didn't know that already which i'm sure if you're listening to this i'm sure you did know that already but I'm curious, does what takes the front seat for you, Vactor, in this? Are you playing this for the... Is the humor keeping you going? Or is it the, the actual gameplay, first-person shooter type? Because I know in the past, Factor, you have said story over gameplay. But does the gameplay hold up in comparison to
2: the writing and the story? This one, a hundred percent, and it was the same reason why I played Trover. It's the comedy, Justin Roiland. I'm a huge fan of Rick and Morty, and also the um, the Hulu show that about aliens as well is is hilarious. And I, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but um, and actually, when you go into the merchant shop to buy stuff, the person who greets you is from that that alien show. Um, oh, really? I love Justin Roiland's humor and his comedy. So anytime I see his name attached to something, I'm going to be down for it. Trover, like I said, was the same way. And I think they're getting better. You can see the evolution of the studio from Trover to High On Life. And I'm hoping they just continue to get better and better. But as far as the gameplay itself, I put this as just okay. It's fine. It's not going to be winning over any first-person shooter fans. I think it's just the the jokes is what pushes me forward and i want to get to like there's a scene where you go down to an underground like subway system and there's these two aliens that pop up one's red and one's blue mm-hmm. and you have to complement one to, to to be able to let the get open the door for you to get in And then when you come back, the the one that you didn't compliment is upset at you. So those all of the interactions between let's stop real
0: fast. I want to know which one you complimented, Vector. I think I did the
2: the red one.
0: I did the same thing. I told Uh, the red one that he's far sexier than the blue one, and then it gives it gives you a choice in the middle of that conversation to take it back and put it towards the other one and i did not i doubled down i said no red is super sexy <laughs> and i really hurt blue's feelings
2: yeah so that was for me the driving force behind this game and i'm going to continue just like a beat trover to see what happens i'm going to um i am going to finish this one as well solar opposites yes uh, that's the one. name of that show You're and there. that is a great yeah. show
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm enjoying uh, the game Actually, I'll stop. Jeff W gave me the but,
1: old. Uh, he was uh, I was just gonna say, I, I just want to comment on the opening. Uh, you know, while we were talking about some of that stuff, the the buck, the little like the video game that starts the the entire game. You know, and he's like, it's yeah, like Royland's little mom. He's like, Buck, I love you. This is so fucking cool. I am your therapist saying, divorce Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: your divorce therapist. <laughs> you yeah, your therapist. Divorce
1: so
2: I knew I was on and board. That whole thing uh, is like from a Doom, that, yeah, like Wolfenstein parody. Right, right, yeah.
0: Press A to double jump. Oh, we didn't put in double jump. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Crouch, Crouch instead. Oh, and he crouches really
2: good. That right there, I feel like Justin Roiland's <clears throat> gaming knowledge comes out. Like I feel like he wrote that specifically, and he, yes. he's played a lot of hours of first-person shooters. So it, I think mm-hmm. that you know the the pedigree of of Justin Roiland comes through. Yeah, you can tell I, he's I, passionate
1: I, about games, right? Like, yeah. there it is very obvious in these. Uh, this and uh, what was the last Trover? Sorry, Trover. Yes,
0: I'd be really curious to see if they do a VR upgrade or DLC to this game because it feels like it would translate pretty well to VR.
2: And also, I didn't mention this, but Royland is heavy on VR. Like, I w- I was listening to a couple podcasts with him, and it was like VR is the future. And you have to play every game in VR. The, the only you know, limiting factor is the hardware at this point, everyone getting the actual hardware to play VR. But he himself has like decked out his house and he's like, I'm, I have a full VR setup and everything. So I think he wants to make everything VR, but I, I don't know. I feel like VR is kind of like 3D was in, in movie theaters where it was a phase, it was a fad. But it just never caught on because of the, the hardware. You have to have the glasses, you have to have the 3D screen or projection. So I think that's how VR might be. Well, we'll see once,
0: once we all three of us get that PS VR too, uh, we'll, we'll be able to chime in on that. But again, that's a different podcast, uh, two or three months away. But what I'm enjoying about the game, I like I definitely like the writing, although I haven't had like a laugh out loud like a real hard laugh out loud moment. But to me personally, I can recognize humor and I don't necessarily have to be laughing out loud to appreciate humor or well-written jokes. Um, But as far as the writing goes, it feels like it feels like none of these lines are written or he's not reading any of these lines verbatim. It feels like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to say in this part. And I'm just going to, I'm going to say it like seven or eight different ways. And the will just use all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, for every character is what it feels like, and that's and that's in his. You know, Rick and Morty's like that a lot too, and Trover was like that a lot. Uh, that's one thing I really like. Little by little, the, how the gameplay it it adjusts and it gets a little deeper as you go further into the game. But I agree with Factor. I don't think it's you know winning any awards for innovation in terms of first person shooting or anything like that. But I do like. Okay, you've got your gun, and then eventually you get a a secondary power to the gun, and then now you've got a knife that just wants to kill everybody.
2: (laughs) It's like let's fucking kill him. Oh yeah, (laughs) Uh,
0: and then and then the gun, or excuse me, the knife can also whip you around so you can swing off things and get to higher areas. And then before you know it, you get like a dodge mechanic so you can scoot to the left, scoot to the right, jump forward really fast. So it's acting like a double jump um while i have not run into any additional weapons myself i would assume that there are more weapons in the game so i'm looking forward to seeing what that's like so the the gameplay is is fine in my opinion but i think i agree with factor in the sense that it's the gameplay isn't what's hooking me in here like i want to see what's going on like i i took the first bounty which i believe Vactor did as well and yes. so I eventually moved on to my second bounty, and it gives you an option. Okay, you can go for this guy, you can go to this guy, and the the guy that I picked, uh, Douglas, I think is his name, the person I'm going after, and it takes you to like a desert planet, and you run into a uh, more more variety of enemies, and then situations where like I ran into a group of construction workers that wouldn't let me go past them, and so eventually I had to kill them, and they die instantly. Like you touch, you blow on them, and they all die. And your guns like,
2: oh, geez, did you did you really have to kill him? We could have just gone around. Um, yeah, and that voice he's doing is Morty voice the whole time. For yeah, it's gun. the
0: it's the exact same
2: G- voice. Is that is that
1: distracting for you guys though? Like, I I, no. I, I like Justin, so it's not it's not distracting. It is the wrong word. I just think it's funny that it's like, uh, does this have a, a lifespan? You know, like does he need to do like is his voice going to eventually wear? Where thin, right? Like where I feel like I'm like, if I were to close my eyes, I feel like I'd be like, okay, yo, so Rick and Morty is like, you know what I mean? Like there, it's just, um, it's, uh, I think it's interesting to switch between his, his different projects and then just to continue to hear those same voices, you know? Um, yeah. Is, at is, first, is a little odd.
0: At first it registered. I'm like, okay, this is Morty because it, it's, he really does the two voices. Like those are what he's known yeah. for. Rick and Morty. And I don't want to say it's the only two voices he does because he definitely does more voices in the game, but those, and I've heard the, the Rick voice sporadically <laughs> in the background yeah. of the game. Um, but after a while, I just sort of like, I don't even think about it anymore. It was the same with Trover saves the universe. Uh, cause he does all the same voices in that one too. Right. Um, in but, solar
2: opposites, he does like just his regular speaking voice. Um, And Thomas Middleditch is in Solar Opposites, and he's in this game. And I wanted to say the voice actors in this game are great. They've got J.B. Smoove, Tim Robinson, Steve Agee, Maria Bamford, Nolan North, um, Kenny, Tom Kenny, who's SpongeBob, Tara Strong, Mm -hmm. Laura Silverman, Jack Black, Susan Sarandon, who's on Rick and Morty. Uh, They just got a ton of voice actors in this. And I think it's just his personal friends that he knows.
0: It's funny that Jack Black's in it. I haven't run into anybody else or at least i haven't run into a voice that was instantly recognizable to me but again i'm only on my first bounty outside of the the tutorial bounty that you run into um but a long time ago or i guess it wasn't that long but when jablinski games was still a thing there was an episode of jablinski games where he got trover saves the universe and he was uh-huh. talking about that game and doing a video on it and he was talking about how jealous he was of justin roinland like he comes up with all these good ideas and I'm just getting a little jealous. I'm just I'm just letting you know. And he's like, just and he was like, Jesse, you gotta work with me on a game. And so when you said Jack Black, I said, Oh, good for him. And that's what I thought immediately. Yeah. Um But this one we've we've all played a lot of games this year. Uh some that hook us in immediately. For me, Elden Ring, for example, some that don't hook us in immediately. Uh, and everything in between. And this one is definitely leaning more on the side of, oh, okay, I want to keep playing this. I want to I want to see where this one goes. This, God of War, Elden Ring, a handful of uh, other ones. Uh, and when you're, when you're world-famous video game podcasters like us, sometimes it's hard to commit to one game because you want to just play everything that comes out there. But this one is definitely on my list of, okay, this one's more of a priority. I want to see where this goes Uh, now Jeff as an outsider looking in this game is the snow globe and you're on the outside in the coals shaking it looking Mm -hmm. at it uh, because you haven't actually played it just uh what do you think so far since you're you're exclusively just watching the game
1: yeah you know um and, and and like my comment on the uh on the voices you know uh it I think this is good I and it reminds me a lot of Trover so far just of just the type of humor in this you know the video game humor um i think it's uh it's interesting uh so far i'm definitely gonna play it i think you know obviously it being on game pass is probably the number one thing for me i i feel like i probably would have bought this but i don't think i would have bought this right away uh just based off of what i have to play uh before all these other games come out next year but um yeah, you know, I think I'm I think it's 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 in the uh what are we calling this? The the Roiland the Roiland verse, maybe? Uh you know, it's in that uh, uh in that world. Uh so I would the, I would definitely consume R-
0: it. The R V G U?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Um but uh yeah, you know, this is uh Rob, did you ever did you play Trover at all? You yeah. didn't play any Trover? I did. Okay, you did, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that game, uh, cause that was, that's probably actually the last thing I played in VR now that I think about it. Cause I remember playing that game in VR. I remember hooking up my stupid little, uh, Oculus when it was, you know, we finally got the cable that you could plug into your PC. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, I've been, and I love what I played at that game. Uh, and, uh, this seems to me to be very similar, uh, so far. And just, just in what I've been watching, you know, obviously gameplay is a, will be a little bit different once I get hands-on with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, kind of in that same ballpark of when, like, when Royland announced the game, this was what I expected, right? So I feel like thus far I have got exactly what I thought the game would be, which is, is not a bad thing. Uh, I actually is a really good thing, I think. Uh, I, I want this type of video game to continue to, to be coming out, you know,
0: Well, all you got to do is keep playing the games, keep supporting the developers, Jeff, and uh, maybe, just maybe, they'll keep making the games. Just like you, the listeners, keep listening to this podcast, and maybe, just maybe, we'll keep making it. All ten of you, thank you so much for joining us for another week of the Sandbox Gamers After Dark podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, We're going to wrap up the pod now. Don't turn off the podcast yet because the some say the very best parts of the podcast are the last 90 seconds to two minutes of the podcast so let me tell you a couple quick things uh first and foremost we're going to be coming back next week or our next episode anyway uh, as long as there's no hiccups with the best video games of 2022 our personal and favorite games and maybe just maybe crown game of the year to something could, could be, Ooh. could be. So you're going to want to listen to the next episode for sure. So you're going to want to hit subscribe, do all the things. You know how podcasting works. I don't have to explain this to you. It's 2022, but do what you need to do to make sure you hear that episode. Now, speaking of podcast, did you know our boy Vactor? Is a seasoned veteran. He's no virgin when it comes to podcasts. He's got several under his belt. His body count for podcast is podcast. Th- <laughs> 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 his body count Ooh. for ca- podcast is through the roof, everybody. <laughs> but I'm just gonna talk about two in particular. You gotta check out the comic book kaiju, which is your weekly comic book podcast where he's giving you everything you need to know about comic books and on top of that he he's hitting you on the TikToks and the Instagram reels giving you the what's what the who's who of comic book characters that you need to know like today I just learned about Strong Guy can you believe that do you know who Strong Guy is listener probably not because I didn't know I know you probably don't know either so you got to check out Factors Instagram and TikTok but that's not what i'm saying what i'm telling you about is the comic book kaiju most recently he was talking dawn of dc with justin joffrey my second favorite justin there ever was he also had the couples or excuse me the comic book couples counseling podcast on as a guest on a recent episode which was a very good episode so you gotta check that out also get it while it's still here trechnological a star trek shakedown where shaw who we mentioned several times in this episode and factor talk everything and anything star trek related and most recently mission 38 just came out star trek prodigy season one episode 17 and 18 ghost in the machine and mind they're discussing all those episodes and boldly being fathers so you're gonna want to listen to that and keep your ear to the ground One Trek Mind, a Star Trek podcast where we re Star Trek The Next Generation episode by episode starring all
1: three of us?
0: Is that in the
2: works? It could be.
0: It's called Manifesting. I've learned about this from my wife. It's called Manifesting, Jeff. You say (laughs) it, you speak it, you put it out there, and maybe just maybe it's going to come true. So be sure to check out all those things. Now, if you want to follow this podcast and all the various social media outlets, you can simply search sandbox gamers after dark or just go to our link tree link tree forward slash the sandbox gamers it's in the show notes thanks so much for joining us uh, have a happy christmas everybody happy hanukkah whatever it is you celebrate gg everybody gg